The Kiwis have dismantled the Poms in the cricket. And we also cover some Super Rugby and Socceroos on today's Splash. It's Thursday, the 22nd of March. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you for listening on this Thursday. Christy Doran joins us, one of the Swiss Army knives of the uh, of the Fox Sports newsroom. How are we, mate? Thank you for that. I'm very well, thanks, Phil. <laughs> Super rugby uh, reporter, of course. Also, uh, pinch hits with a bit of cricket. And, uh, man, did some overseas cricket just get the uh, newsroom up and about, Christy? It certainly does. And when it's England that is bowled out for a Poultry score of 58. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's hats off, champagne style. And it could have been much worse. Uh, we will cover that in just a moment. Uh, but first of all, some headlines. Plus a reminder that Unibet's expert edge gives you the rugby league and AFL stats and insights you need to back more winners this season. Not to mention offering up a stack of Unibet specials each and every round. We'll start with NRL. Jack Bird will make his Broncos debut Friday night at left centre against the Tigers. And the Eels have decided to give Jared Hayne a crack at fullback. Uh, also, Cronulla's Paul Gallant has been ruled out. So plenty of uh, news bites in the NRL. Head to our late mail column on the website for more information. Bad news on the eve of the AFL season for Demons fans. Uh, Jack Viney and Tom McDonald could both be up uh, out for up to two months. Uh, quite a blow uh, as we head towards the opening game of the AFL season um, in cricket. The third test gets underway this evening in South Africa. But as we just touched on Christy uh, in New Zealand, it's it's almost it's more interesting, uh, in fact, because as you mentioned, the Poms just got. Bombed for 58, all out in Auckland. Uh, and if it wasn't for a final wicket stand of 31, uh, it could have been not just much worse, but uh, almost a world record uh, low score in a test match. It could have been. Craig Overton, take your hat off to him. Uh, he, he could well get a knighthood out of this. Uh, 30, <laughs> 33 not out, he finishes. He comes, uh, comes in batting at number nine. And at that stage, they are in absolute chaos at 7 for 23. Uh, and and we saw the top order just get bowled, snicks behind. Uh, it, it certainly looked at, at 8 for 23 that they well and truly could lose, well, well, be bowled out for the lowest total in Test cricket history, which was held ironically by New Zealand some 50 ah. years ago when England just ran through uh, yeah, New right. Zealand. So it, at one stage, we thought um, that New Zealand might might get it. Might, they might get the monkey off their back and yeah. England take it. But Overton comes in and it was a beautiful square drive through the covers that saw England evade that total, get past it. And then he then he started playing some shots and, and uh, found the middle a couple of times, even a big six over square leg. A good, uh, a good catch amongst all that by uh, Kane Williamson uh, at Gully uh, as well. It's just, it's, um, it's fascinating as those, as these kind of situations unfold uh, in, 
in a newsroom like like today where there's probably only one or two people uh, plugged in to begin with uh, and then all of a sudden you start to hear a bit of commotion over over by the, the journos who are tuning in, um, you know, and, and there's a few people looking over Indeed. going, what's what's this, what's going on? And the wickets continue to, to tumble and all of a sudden you look around and everyone's uh, fixated to the to the cricket screens. Indeed. We, yeah. well, we saw Ali Cook uh, once again depart pretty early on, sneaking off for five behind and we thought, oh, that's a bit of a shame. And then all of a sudden, hang on, Trent Bolt gets another one to swing and he goes straight through Joe Root. They're two down for not many, then three with David Milan, and and just they they'd lost I think seven or eight in the first hour of play, which was just remarkable. So, yeah. Anyway, it's uh it continue the cricket interest continues to pick up. Of course, tonight we've got the Aussies taking on South Africa in the third Test uh, at the Newlands in Cape Town. Uh, Christy, give us a quick uh, tip, given that obviously Casiga uh, Rabada. Uh, will uh, be right to go in this one after a chaotic um, appeals process. Well, it certainly <laughs> makes for a fascinating test, doesn't it, to have what the world's best bowler at the moment uh, declared, you know, given a, a free reign to come in, and uh, after only having his suspension overturned for two tests to come back, and he only lost the one demerit point, which saw him available for this test match, mm. and... and I suppose from a cricket point of view, hopefully for the, the, the two tests, assuming he behaves himself, it's going to be interesting to see how the two sides approach this. Uh, one all coming yeah. into the series. Mentally, Australia and Steve Smith all thought, Rabada, not a chance in the world yeah. is he yeah. going to be able to come back. And then a six-hour hearing overturns the decision. Um, Rabada, I, I'm sure, will... Uh, will be up for it. He'll be feisty as he yeah. always is. His preparation a little bit different, of course, as well. Uh, but you'd think, uh, as I mentioned to Joe Barton on the splash yesterday, we we're talking this about this. Um, it, you know, when you sort of when you've got that extended uh, break between uh, Test two and three, or something along those lines, a lot of that time is spent sort of recovering the body. Anyway, it's not necessarily uh, you know getting in. Uh, a, ridiculous numbers of reps in the nets. Yeah, indeed. Particularly the first couple of days, there would have been a few batsmen who had been struggling, like Sir Sean Marsh and so forth, that would have yeah. probably spent more time. It's probably more the bowlers that would have spent a bit more time just yeah. cooling their... Uh, kicking back a little bit and cooling their heels. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it actually wasn't that long ago that in Cape Town, Australia was, I think it was bowled out for 47 in, in the 2010-11 series. Yeah. So coming yeah. back to, to Cape Town, uh, I'm sure that there's one or two that are still remaining in this side that will be very interested and, and keen to, I suppose, you know, get back to winning ways. You yeah. know, it's one of the most beautiful uh, cricket grounds in the world. Uh, with Tabletop Mountain there in the in the in the background, so it's it's going to be an intriguing Test match, and and once again I think it, it comes down to to the top order. Um, yeah. Both yeah. both sides have got strong bowlers, wicket taking bowlers. How that top three performs really sets the platform. Uh, and ironically, um, staying in Cape Town, uh, but switching to a different sport, uh, the Reds had a bit of trouble. Getting to Cape Town. Oh, didn't they? What earlier in the week after? We're, yeah. we're super rugby. We're talking now, by yeah, the way. Yeah, switching. Um, it's a quick switch. So as yeah, well. quickly elaborate on on what happened here because they obviously uh, they beat uh, the Haguares uh, over in Argentina 
uh, only last weekend. Yeah, fantastic pronunciation there too. Thank you. Uh, a really gritty victory there to make it three on the trot for Queensland Rugby for the first time since 2013. So huge, huge win. But mm. then they travel south to Brazil to try to get over to South Africa. But sorry, guys, you haven't got your vaccinations in. and Yellow uh, fever yellow vaccinations. F- and therefore, they're diverted and they've, gone, they've got to get to London to be able to get... So they couldn't land in Brazil. No. And so they've had to go to via London to get to South Africa. This is a side that's come from, gone from Queensland to or Brisbane to Sydney across to... Buenos uh, Aires. It's a heck of a, a schedule, but... So it's going to be a full circle by the time they get it back. It certainly will. It's really yeah. travelling the world. But I suppose that at least for the Reds' sake is that they're winning. So happy mm. camp. Uh, yeah. If, yeah, they, yeah. if they hadn't have got that win in Argentina, mm. it perhaps would have made it a little bit more challenging. So that game, uh, that kicks off Sunday morning, very early, 2.15 in the morning. Um, for those out partying on a Saturday night, um, the Tars and the Brumbies... Uh, they've got buyers this weekend, but um, the Rebels host the Sharks. They'll be looking to bounce back from uh, from a, a very poor uh, second forty uh, at uh, Allianz Stadium last weekend against against the Waratahs. Yeah, they really wilted. They've in... got the Sharks this Friday night. Yeah, they got they really wilted in the in the, the blazing heat of Sydney last Sunday afternoon, where they lost fifty one twenty seven, and and they've made a few changes. We've got Sefani Valo linking up with Marika Korobedi on the wings. So it's a really exciting prospect. Billy Meeks coming into the midfield. Uh, so a few changes as well as Jeff Parling, the former inter- England international, coming into the into the starting side in the second row too. So a few changes, but uh, I expect the Rebels, who are still topping the table in the Australian Conference on 15 points, to bounce back against the Sharks, <laughs> who have been pretty disappointing. Yeah, as it was spoken about on the rugby podcast with you boys, uh, yesterday, I think we'll learn more about the Rebels in this game more than any other uh, performance so far this year because you got the feeling against the Tars, they got out to a 2010 lead, as he said, uh, at, up in the first half. Uh, perhaps they were just starting to sort of believe a, a bit of their own hype, uh, and then they got a reality check. So I think I think they'll be ready to go this week, and we're, and we we will learn uh, a lot from the Rebels on Friday night. Christy Doran, thank you very much for joining the Splash, mate. Thank you. Always good. Oh, it's an absolute smorgasbord of sport at the moment. Uh, and Fox Sports pretty much has all the action live. Uh, the NRL, of course, we've got the Storm Cowboys grand final rematch uh, tonight in the AFL. Blues Tigers get the season underway. Um, by the time those games kick off, the cricket would have already kicked off, of course, at the Newlands in Cape Town, uh, obviously. But then also, on Saturday morning at 4am, the Socceroos play uh, a friendly, the, their first match on a new uh, Dutch coach, Bert van Marwijk, uh, against Norway. We're going to have uh, the action on Fox uh, Sports 5.03 uh, with kickoff 
at 4am. Uh, and to uh, talk more about it just for a moment, I've got Dave Weiner in with us from the Fox Football uh, Digital team. How are we? Great to see you, Phil. Always a spring in the step when the Socceroos are around the corner. Exactly, exactly. And uh, Dave and Kate Cohen uh, of the Fox Football team have just uh, dropped a podcast on the Fox Football Podcasting Network, um, previewing these games, of course, in the build-up to Russia. Uh, those friendlies uh, live on Fox Sports. No ad breaks between whistles. Dave, what have we learned out of um, the training camp in Oslo over the last couple of days about how uh, Bert is is going to uh, have this side playing? Well, the word out of freezing Oslo, where there's snow and plenty of mitts on, I think it's close to close to zero over there for the guys, is yeah. the biggest takeout in well, they've only got a couple of sessions, and you've got to remember that in that time, not only is Van Marwijk trying to assess the players and, and work out who are, you know, who has the inside running into making the final 23 for the World Cup, he's also trying to impress upon them the way that he wants to play and, and, and almost a crash course, like cramming for an, for an exam. Yeah. Um, the biggest takeout so far from what we can glean from it is that a lot of the focus has been on the defence, and it's included a, a change away from the back three that took up so much conversation last year under Ange Postacoglu in 2017, the move to three at the back that was almost a year ago to, to the time we're talking now against Iraq. Um, and then just polarised opinion all the way through to the Honduras game. Uh, Matt Leckie told Fox Sports overnight that they were training in a 4-2-3-1. So for the general listeners out there, 3-1. So for the generals out there, that's not a maths equation. It's four defenders at the back (laughs) as opposed to the three centre-backs, three defenders through the middle that we had last year. Two defenders, sorry, two midfielders in front of them, three attacking players ahead of them and then your striker up front in layman's and simple terms yeah, um, yeah. and look that's the most uh, simple organised uh, way to move forward with the new budget players um, does play to a number of strengths in the Australian side and we'll discuss that more in the Extra Time podcast but I think there'll be quite a few fans at ease with that news that uh, that's the formation we'll be going towards at least over the next couple of games. And Fox Sports News reporter Daniel Garb's been over there uh, on the on the ground trying to uh, gather as much information as possible. Um, what kind of indication are we getting from the playing group? Are they reacting well to uh, to Bert's uh, well take on? It'd be brave if any of them didn't. It'd be <laughs> at this point of time with the stakes at play. Of course, but the yeah. the, 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 the the lovely insight we got from uh, Garby is about. I mean. I mean, I was very fortunate to watch a few sessions under Postacoglu, and he was very much the man that stood in the middle with his arms folded. He was very much yeah, the, yeah. the the dictator there, and and just you know, he he oversaw proceedings while he had these lieutenants mm. barking out instructions and carrying out orders for him, and he would just take everything in, and you knew he was watching. Van Marwijk, by contrast, has gone. Well, we don't have long. I'm getting my hands dirty. I'm even putting the cones down. Yeah, I'm getting amongst cool. it, shouting about with his instructions, um, and the players was talked about the upbeat. Uh, tempo, the fact that there's you can feel that edge that they know that they're all playing for positions again, yeah. and um, that, yeah, that they're just taking as much information in, mm-hmm. in the short space of time that they've got possible to do that. There's not long, three months to build a team that you want uh, for a big tournament, it happens to be the World Cup in June. Yeah, uh, big time. Well, if, if you want all the information heading into those uh, two friendlies, uh, for the Socceroos, then uh, jump on over to the Fox Football Podcast where Dave Weiner and Kate Cohen of the Fox 
uh, football digital team uh, will be diving into uh, the Socceroos' depths uh, and plenty of analysis. Dave, thank you very much for joining today's Splash. Pleasure. Uh, and also, don't forget, get the expert edge today. Visit unibet.com.au or download the Unibet app. Uh, enjoy all the sport on offer uh, right throughout the weekend. Uh, that'll do us today. That's a wrap. <laughs>